powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. It's March Mania at Sports Interaction. NHL, NBA, March Madness, MLB, and so much more, it's bananas. Play Pinata Picks and Minute Madness, exclusive games with insane odds you can't play anywhere else. Make your next bet with Sports Interaction. Download the app in Ontario, use the QR code you see at the bottom of the screen, or head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn to get started. 19 plus, please play responsibly. Hello folks, welcome back to Game Over Winnipeg. Happy last day of March, happy Trans Day of Visibility, and happy Winnipeg Jets win day. I am joined by Brian today, it's your regular host, Liz. Brady has the night off. Sucks to be him. Finally a fun game to talk about. I am super excited to be here. Um, thank you, Brian, for joining me. Thank you, Robert, for producing the show. For those of you who are watching live, again, thank you so much for being here. And you can probably also tell I am not in my regular setup. I was at the game tonight, which was super fantastic, very exciting. Got to witness a Dylan DeMello goal in-house, so you could never go wrong when that's the outcome of the evening. But we're here to talk regular Game Over Winnipeg stuff. I'm joined by Brian, who's a good friend of mine from my days back podcasting with Jet Centric, a fantastic Twitter follow, especially if you're into analytics, specifically with the Jets. And we're here to break down the 6-2 win over the Detroit Red Wings. So, Brian, how are you doing tonight? I'm pretty good, pretty good. How are How are you? I'm good. I'm fired up. I'm happy. I'm excited that um, I had a very fun time at the Jets game tonight. So I was sitting up in the 300s right at center ice and uh, I was really excited to go to this game tonight because I was really interested to see what the atmosphere was going to be like. It's nearing that playoff atmosphere. Obviously not quite yet because at this time of the season, these games matter a lot. However, the Jets have been kind of stinky doo-doo lately. So I wasn't sure what the crowd was going to be like, I wasn't sure if it was going to be an empty building. I wasn't sure if it was going to be, you know, people were super fired up and they're like, we need to fire up this team because they can't fire up themselves. Um, but it didn't have to take me that long to figure out what kind of atmosphere it was going to be because the Jets were pretty good right from the start. So, Brian, what were some of your thoughts going into this game before the puck even dropped? Well, my thoughts were, okay, well, let's go through the motions again. Let's see them, like, either lose to a terrible Detroit team or like barely squeak out a win like okay let's sit here let's watch let's see what happens um yeah what i wasn't expecting was a uh a 6-1 victory and quite frankly a couple of exciting things to come from the game so with those exciting things i'm sure you're alluding a little bit to kind of the elephant in the room going into this game was that top line so obviously Putting Connor Dubois and Shifley together with Shifley on the wing was a really interesting decision. A lot of people had thoughts about it, um, but not all negative. A lot of people were kind of intrigued to see what was going to happen with a little bit of uh, extra star power on a certain line. And uh, some thoughts going into it, I was a little bit worried about them. Obviously, in their own zone, if they were to get caved in a little bit, those aren't really the guys you want out there. And also just always that lingering fear of three guys that have been really struggling to generate energy and excitement out there if it was going to all you know fold and combust at once or if it was going to you know help them ignite each other so what did you think about that top line tonight the top line i thought they had a really good first period and kind of set the tone a little bit out there um like i didn't think they were maybe as good as like twitter kind of thought they were um they they did have a couple defensive lapses um in the second and third periods um but overall like it was it was solid um and the first period 
importantly, was very good. And I think maybe the second and third were a little bit of score effects kind of thing. Um, like Mark Shifley, Pierre-Luc Dubois and Kyle Connor, you know, they're not going to be bringing it 100% probably when they're up for nothing, um, which like, I shrug my shoulders. It's it's not a huge deal. Um, I think you give that line at least a couple more games look to see if like it's something that you can run sustainably. And then that allows you to run... Um, you got Ehlers, Nemesnikov, and Wheeler, who it wasn't just tonight's game. They, they played well in a brief stint together um, earlier, like... I don't know, like five or six games ago when like, like when Dubois was hurt. So those three actually work pretty well together. Like specifically, I think Nemesnikov and Ehlers, they, they do very, a very good job of controlling the play. And obviously Nick Ehlers is an elite offensive player. He's going to create with pretty much anyone he's playing with. Um, and you get Wheeler in kind of a space where he can actually do fine. Like he's not going to get sunk. So that's big because other lines you have Blake Wheeler with like this season. I mean, since Perfetti got hurt, it's been a real rough ride for Blake Wheeler. So to have him with, with those two and, them controlling the play that's important yeah absolutely and i think um that's kind of what you talk about when you look at line combinations and player pairings and all those kinds of things is it's not just what each individual player is doing but also how they're elevating the best out of or you know taking the worst out of certain players that's what we talk about all the time with dylan DeMello, and it's you're not just getting a good player in dylan DeMello, but you're getting an even better player in josh morrissey so i think if you're able to find a player um, or a, a pairing, pardon me, that will help Blake Wheeler. Um, I think that's really fantastic. And then tonight, you know, we, we saw Blake Wheeler go through the motions in a lot of the similar ways where, you know, he had one burst of speed and then later on in the shift, there was an opportunity for a little bit of a break and he just couldn't do it because he was gassed. And, you know, like those regular things that we see from Blake Wheeler that frustrate us occasionally, like they were there. Those won't go away with a 30, what is he, four-year-old man or whatever it is. And sure it's 36. Is. Is he 36? It's all, I, I, I know so. it's not 35. It's 34 or 36. But yeah, like, so with, with a guy like that, like, that's not going to go away. But I thought he looked like a lot less of a liability this evening in the top six from what I saw. Agreed. 100%. Um, yeah. So, so with the, oh, go, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, like, so it worked. It worked well. Um, I think. I think we got to be a little bit careful to anoint this group, like this top six as the one that's going to like carry us through the playoffs. Like, are we, are we all of a sudden a good team again? Because they performed really well in this game. We we got I think we got to slow down a little bit, but it is encouraging. Like this is the Detroit Red Wings. We were playing after all. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I would be interested to see, you know, if, if they do play the combination for a little bit longer and it continues to work out okay for them. I'd be really interested to see Nino Niederreiter jump into that Blake Wheeler spot in the top six and move Blake Wheeler down. Obviously, I don't want to screw with the third line too much right now, just because I think they're contributing in a decent way with the guys that they got rolling down there right now. Um, And I don't know if Blake Wheeler would 
help in that case. But I think that I, I don't mind Nemesikov in the top six over Wheeler right now, but I think Niederreiter's the guy that needs to get up back up there. And Wheeler's the guy who needs to come down off in the long term if this team wants to to move forward, barring any Cole Fetty return from injury. For sure. I do think like a um um a line of Niederreiter, uh Nemesnikov and Ehlers would be a pretty interesting look. Um like you look at obviously what they have now with Ehlers, Nemesnikov, and Wheeler. Um, they've been good for the games that they've played. Um, but yeah, maybe a guy who like doesn't turn the puck over as much as Blake Wheeler does <laughs> in that third spot might be ideal. And like Niederreiter's a pretty good four checker too. And he's pretty decent. Mm-hmm. He's pretty decent in his own end as well. So I, I do think it might be kind of a natural fit. And of course, Ehlers takes the the bulk of the uh, of the zone entries, that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Um, so speaking of zone entries, um, obviously Nikolai Ehlers is a player that we talk about all the time when it comes to that category of play. Um, but the one who does power play, as everyone who's live in the chat knows, I'm sure everyone who's listening back at any given point knows that this power play is a point of contention with the Winnipeg Jets at this current moment. Um, but with Josh Morrissey being out tonight, they did a little bit of shuffling on the power play units. We can talk a little bit more about Josh Morrissey and that uh, surprise news this morning, at least surprise to me. Um, but Nikolai Ehlers was back on the first power play tonight. Um, Brian, did did that go okay? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> so anyone who follows me on Twitter knows that um, – I've been clamoring for Nikolai Ehlers to be on the top power play really for years. And like, you've seen it on like the odd occasion from time to time, but like you haven't seen it in a long stretch. So tonight um, I should, I should start with, uh, with what led up to this game. Um, So you've had, um, Shifley at the point and you've had or sorry Morrissey on the point and Shifley on the left Connor on the right and then I think it was Niederreiter in the middle and Wheeler down low and you just weren't getting any puck movement like you get point shots from Morrissey um, maybe an outside shot once in a while from Shifley and Connor and when they left the zone like when the other team cleared the puck against them they had nothing. They couldn't enter the zone and it was over. Then you throw the second power play unit on. Okay. Well maybe they get an entry and like a chance or something, but like you had Ehlers playing with like Nemesnikov and I don't know, like Pionk and Schmidt and Lowry. Like (laughs) it's like, okay, well you're a one man show on the second unit and that doesn't really work either. Like, move the puck all you want. Those guys, Ehlers aside, aren't going to score. And Ehlers probably isn't going to score either doing it on his own. So tonight, um, you get naturally, I would say, Ehlers on the left, Connor on the right, uh, Shifley in the slot, which to me makes so much sense. And Dubois down I am low. a Shifley in the slot apologist. I love Shifley in the slot. <laughs> It just makes too much sense. He can see what's going on around him, so he can make a pass off to the flanks if need be, or back to the point. He can like without 
being like a puck control guy, he can kind of be a general in the middle. Dubois is going to win his puck battles down low, maybe tip in a point shot or two if they come. And Ehlers is your guy who is going to get the zone every time. Um, He's going to make a lot happen. That's what Ehlers does. And Connor's your trigger man on the right. It just makes so much sense, that unit together. And why we didn't see it up until this point is beyond me. And you saw it. Now, they didn't score tonight, but they created a lot of chances. And that is all I've been looking for. I mean, I've been been looking for goals too, of course, but you create chances. The goals are going to come. They weren't getting the chances. Well, tonight they got the chances. And as we know, with chances, pardon me, and everything, it's only a matter of time when it comes to chances, you know, generating the good stuff and developing the good habits. Uh, but Brian made a really interesting point to me when you were chatting a little bit earlier uh, that I kind of want to talk about. Um, about part of the reason, obviously, Nikolai Ehlers being on that power play is important. Um, but Josh Morrissey not being on there in a weird, indirect way, in the same way that I'm like, Hellebuck is the reason this team is bad, where it's like, not because he's bad, but it's because I'm playing 8D chess in my mind that this power play, you know, might have been better because Morrissey wasn't on it tonight. Because Brian mentioned, like, and I agree that a lot of power play units use their point anchor as a little bit of a crutch and they do too much motion back there and rely on the defenseman who sends the point a little bit too much. Um, and as we know, on a power play, for the most part, the highest danger shots come from the guys who are down low. And when the point guy you know, gets a really good shot or whatever. Oftentimes the goal actually comes from like a tip in or a, a deflection or something like that. Um, all that's to say relying too much on the point guy takes away from the, a lot of the chances that you're able to create by moving the puck down low. And by not having Josh Morrissey out there, they might not have been using him as much. So Brian, any thoughts on that? And if you kind of think that that's um, something that, you know, when Josh Morrissey comes back, they should try and focus on a little bit more as well. Yeah. So like, I don't know if there's, a whole lot to this maybe there is maybe there isn't but yeah it seems like without Morrissey out there they were not insistent on feeding the point all the time like it did seem like so many of the shots on that top power play unit up to that point were um like everything was coming off of a point shot or like everything was run through Morrissey it seemed so that becomes extremely predictable and like your shots from out there, they're just not as dangerous as the stuff coming from down low. It's just a fact. So like obviously Morrissey is a better offensive player than Neil Pionk, but like they should continue to just run things like through Ehlers, through Dubois, through Shifley through Connor, like through those four and send the, send the puck to the point kind of as a last resort, almost like if you have an option down low and you have an option at the point, you should take the option down low because it's a lot more likely to turn into a dangerous chance. That's really all I'd be getting at there. Like, I don't know if it was because Josh Morrissey was out of the lineup it probably wasn't I, like, I don't know, no, but yeah. no, but it's an interesting observation to make too. And it's the kind of thing that when you change a couple variables, you never really know what the reason is. It also could have been just that they were a little bit more fired up. Could have been because of Ehlers uh, helping create a couple more lanes, all that good stuff. But I do think that 
regardless of how that power play went, I do find that even at five on five, the Winnipeg Jets rely a lot on their defensemen to make low danger, just fluffy point shots. And I really don't understand it. I find that the best chances come from the defensemen taking really low shots that end up with a little bit more of a scramble in front, um, as opposed to their big, you know, fluffy high up shots that hit a shin pad, you know, six feet from them and whatnot. So I think um, it's an interesting point. And I think um, with a line like that first line and with a unit like that new first unit, there is a chance for a little bit more of that creative movement down low. So hopefully we see a little bit more of that because I think it will, um, you know, lead to some better success uh, going forward. So before I, I do want to talk a little bit more about just, you know, offensive generation, all that good stuff. Um, but I'd be missed if I didn't bring up Dylan DeMello as well, because that's a player I want to talk about who was playing with Dylan Sandberg tonight on the second pairing uh, in light of Josh Morrissey's injury. And I thought that Dylan DeMello looked really fun offensively tonight. He is one player that, again, I, I'm known for honing in on my own favorite players and watching them pretty closely. So I feel as though I develop pretty good judgments on them in a lot of different ways. And Dylan DeMello is a player I watch quite frequently. And he's one of my favorite players to see get the, uh, the puck at the point because I always find that his decision making is a lot more interesting than a lot of other players. You know, I bet you if I stood um and like sat on a dunk tank or something like that and i watched a jet ski in front of me and every time the puck came to logan stanley at the point um if i messed up guessing what he was going to do i wouldn't no one would dunk me i know exactly what that man's going to do every single time like i'd be <laughs> safe i'd be fine um but dylan DeMello, it's always interesting i feel like he sees lanes really well i feel like he makes more strategic shots and all that good stuff all that's to say um i think tonight he showed even a little bit more of that being away from Josh Morrissey, which I thought was really interesting. And I think he's a very versatile player, so it's not that he has to do that every night, but it's nice to see that he's able to. And I thought that that pairing looked really interesting. Any thoughts? Yeah, um, that's a, a good pairing. Um, Dylan DeMello, like, maybe this is hyperbole, but he is one of the smartest players in the National Hockey League, full stop. Like, you mentioned it. He sees lanes better than most um he doesn't have a lot of skill offensively and he makes it work anyway like i don't know like i don't know how many viewers are like big analytics people but like back in his time in ottawa like his offensive underlying metrics were better than his defensive underlying metrics and that's just because of the type of role they were asking him to play like he spent a lot of time on a pairing with like Mark Borvietsky. And well, of course, you're going to be asked to be the offensive guy on that pairing with Mark Borvietsky. So, and it, it worked. And here's the thing like Dylan DeMello puts up good results no matter who he's playing with. It doesn't matter. He's so versatile, and that's huge. Like, it doesn't matter who you put with them, they'll probably put up good results. Um, now Sandberg is a pretty good player too. Um, both Sandberg and DeMello are excellent defensively and it's just a pairing that works so well. Cause like Sandberg is pretty decent in transition too. like quietly, he gets zone exits at a pretty good rate. Um, he doesn't turn the puck over a ton. Um, DeMello himself isn't so great in transition like he's pretty good at that little five foot pass but he's not going to carry the puck a lot um 
Yeah. But like they, they complement each other well. Both are really good defensively and they're both smart players. And like DeMello's always been one of my favorites. But yeah, it's just it's a pairing that I would really like to see like going forward. The problem is who do you put with Morrissey? Like yeah, Morrissey and, the and Pionk, no one that's currently on this team. <laughs> yeah, M- Morrissey and Pionk are like that that should not be a thing. No. Like Pionk, he is who he is. He's brutal defensively. <laughs> he like he can play pretty good offensively but like his defense goes so far the other direction it's just not worth it you're best off probably just sheltering him um and like like maybe you could put schmidt up there but that's probably still not a great top pairing like yeah morrissey's as good as he is but i don't know (laughs) so well well, i just want to say while we're talking about him do you know much about this injury that sidelined him tonight i think he was just sick Oh, okay. Interesting. Okay. Because, yeah, it, it was the kind of thing where I'm always all about um, resting players if they're injured to, you know, not prolong an injury or make it worse and all that good stuff. But that isn't something that's very typical all the time. And I figured if it was a minor injury, that was a game-time decision. So I guess they would have played him because of how important this win was. Um, but hopefully there's yeah, nothing too serious or anything. And he's sick. Hopefully that's well soon. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So obviously this was, I believe, game number. Oh my god, I got. I'm not even doing math. Seventy five of this season. I think there's about six games left. Correct? Is that correct? I think somewhere in there. Because <laughs> they had a five game homestand with two games on the road to finish the season. So it was seven games. Yeah, six games left after today. Um. So obviously this win is huge. Also, on a selfish note, it prevents, or you know, delays a little bit in Oilers clinch. So that's always nice. Um, but they play New Jersey on Sunday and then Calgary, uh, and then, you know, a couple other games, I believe Nashville and then Minnesota, Colorado to finish things up. I might've missed a game in there, but it's not a big deal. Um, but a couple of good, strong opponents coming up. What do you think, um, you saw from tonight's game? Obviously a six, two win is always nice. And there are some good things you can pull from that. Never a perfect game, but, um, some individual, um, you know, trends that you might've seen in this game that you really think that need to continue, uh, throughout games against teams like New Jersey and uh, like teams that they need points against like Nashville and Calgary. Friends that need to continue are having a shooting percentage as high as they did. (laughs) No, (laughs) like I say that in jest, but like, it's kind of true. I don't think they're going to outshoot the New Jersey devils. So like they're going to have to get, I think a little bit lucky against New Jersey and that's fine. They're not as good a team as New Jersey, but like, yeah, I guess play solid defensively and create some chances. Like nothing specifically, but just like, yeah, keep the pace up, I guess would be the biggest thing. And like, maybe hopefully you can pot one or two on the power play. And then obviously Mm -hmm. you got to get good goaltending um yeah definitely um speaking of goaltending i thought tonight you know again it's not always anything crazy to write home about when you're used to having a fantastic goaltender um but i guess this isn't actually about goaltending at all but uh the jets managed to hold detroit to 11 shots uh over the course of the first two periods and that doubled in the third 
Um, do you think that that was more a product of the Jets kind of taking their foot off the gas because they were in a pretty safe position? Or did you see anything change in that third period that got you a bit worried? Mm, definitely nothing that would have me worried. Um, the worry is like their play the last two months. <laughs> so yeah, nothing specific about the period that really worries me. Like, yeah, there was a couple defensive lapses, but like those happen. I'm not going to overreact to like a couple bad plays defensively. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of that is score effects and taking their foot off the gas. Like Rick bonus sent out like on that last power play. Um, yeah. He sent out the second unit first and they sent out like Baron Appleton and like Coolman on after the second unit came off. So like the team as a whole, I think we're just kind of taking their foot off the gas and they still had some pretty dominant shifts in third period. So like nothing that would worry me. Like the thing to keep in mind is that this is the Detroit Red Wings. So like is like, can you take anything away from this game? Like, I don't really know. But, like, there's encouraging signs. So, like, mm-hmm. hopefully the team can translate that into something against uh, the better teams going forward. Yeah, because they definitely have a few of those coming up. But I think regardless of the opponent, momentum is something that they can sort of build on. Um, and I fully agree with you. And it's something that Brady and I are so funny during when we do our games together. They always tend to be blowouts that Brady and I do together. Um, usually the Jets are the ones getting blown up, but occasionally we'll do the ones where the Jets blow out another team and we'll sit there and we're like, oh, the Jets are a wagon. This is so fun. We're having a great time. And then we'll sit in there like, but before we start the show, we must acknowledge these are the Ottawa Senators. We must acknowledge <laughs> these are the Columbus Blue Jackets. So uh, I totally get that. But um, I think these guys needed some in- intrinsic motivation to develop more than anything right now. They just seem so uninspired in a lot of what we've seen from them. So regardless of the opponent, I think, having a little bit of, um, you know, the, the crowd getting excited about a power play. And there were times like, you know, when they would finish a power play and the arena would erupt, they would cheer. They were like, this is exciting. Like, and it, it was like, you know, an icing to finish the power play. It's not like there was a crazy chance at that time. But, you know, the fans can acknowledge that this is something that that's better and the trends are positive and all that good stuff. So, you know, if you can continue to feel a little bit of that momentum and obviously scoring a goal um, is big for guys like Mark Shifley, big for guys like Cal Connor big for guys like Blake Wheeler who haven't, you know, had as many of those lately. So they can take that and move forward. And if it helps ignite something in them, no complaints for me, but also I just need to say, it was so funny when Kyle Connor scored, they always do the score, but number 81, Kyle, Connor. they always say his whatever if of the season, Kyle Connor almost has 30 goals. He's at 29 goals. I was like, I have been on this man's case all year for the worst hockey he's played of his career, 30 goals. It's like, I know he's a 50 goal scorer, so it's like not the same, but it's just so funny that, we can sit here and be like, this guy sucks. And he actually still has 30 goals. I was like, you know what? Good for you, buddy. Get your bag. You know what? I, I actually thought Kyle Connor played pretty well for the first half of the season. Like I, I thought he was playing some of the best hockey of his career until like, I would say early February. Okay, yeah. All-star like, break. Everything just fell apart. Everything. Like, so yeah, like I kind of wanted to talk about that a little bit too, because like Let's do um, it. the so they had the one game where like 
four guys came back from injury. Like they had a slew of injuries and then it was like Ehlers, Wheeler, Perfetti. Who was the other one? There was a fourth one. Oh, Schmidt. Wasn't it like Menaline? Oh, Schmidt. Okay. I was, was just talking about someone weird. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They all came back from injury uh, the same game. And that was like a Friday night game. That was crazy. Yeah. I actually. Tampa, right. Yes. You know what? I was in Mexico and uh, like I was in Bucerias and there's a uh, there's actually a Winnipegger that owns a bar in Bucerias and we went to the bar there to watch the game. No, it's it's pretty cool, actually. So amazing. Yeah, it was it was pretty awesome. Um, So we watched the game there or at least part of it. And uh, I like I wasn't like paying close enough attention to analyze it. But anyway, so like everybody came back. They were having a good time. Um, then they put together the line of Connor Dubois Ehlers, which was an incredibly good line. Like they were awesome. Well, this is like, this is one of the best lines in the league. Ehlers looks like this coming back from a hernia. Holy smokes. That's awesome. Wasn't expecting that. Anyway, so they continue chugging along. Um, they had a couple rough games in there. Uh, bonus switches up the lines. Then they've got uh, Connor Dubois Perfetti, which is also a very good line. But then you got the string of Ehlers playing with Wheeler, which never really worked that well. No. Like it was with Shifley, and then they, when then when they switched the lines, it was Ehlers Dubois Wheeler. But it was always one of those two lines together, and it just never really worked. Ehlers went on a slump and then everybody started blaming Ehlers for oh. the team's woes. It's like, Oh, well look, we came back from injury and they start losing all of a sudden. <clears throat> well, like it doesn't really work like that. Like Ehlers still has like one of the best goals for percentages on the team. Like he's performing like he, the team's outscoring with him on the ice. They're getting outscored with everybody else on the ice. So like, yeah, it's not Ehlers' fault <laughs> that uh, that they're getting outscored with when he's not on the ice. So, um, but yeah, anyway, so kind of messed up with the chemistry. Um, and then the bottom six. So they had a bottom six that was rolling pretty well too. Um, they had Baron and Lowry. Um, I think they were playing mostly with Jansen Harkins for a little while. And then, oh, when Jansen Harkins was on his tear. Yeah. And <laughs> um, eventually he got sent back to the moose, uh, whatever. Um, but they had some guys in there who were playing pretty well. Uh, Janssen, Fialbi, uh, Gagne, those guys were playing pretty decently, like no world beaters or anything, but like Janssen, Fialbi was a really solid fourth liner. Uh, Gagne probably as good as a solid third liner at some points. Um, and like, Mason Appleton and Saku Menelainen were out with injury too. And like people who follow me on Twitter know what I think of Saku Menelainen. I just <laughs> don't think he's remotely an NHL hockey player. So like the chemistry kind of got messed up there too. When those two came back, now, Appleton hasn't been horrible, but I just, I think he's like just a guy, like a fourth liner kind of guy. Just a guy. So um, you take out like, like I think the energy guy thing is overblown sometimes, but like Jonsen Fialbi was having a pretty decent <laughs> impact. 
I think. When they're uh, really good at it, it's not always the worst thing. Yeah, so like you, you take out an energy guy in Janssen Fialvi and <clears throat> and then Sam Gagne is no longer a regular, like plays sparingly. Um, and I feel like I'm forgetting something else. Another guy. Oh, Mikey Asamont. He was playing pretty deep for a bit down there. Yeah. Yeah. He was and playing then he moved to the first line and everything <laughs> fell apart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but he was playing pretty decently in that bottom six. And then eventually he gets waived. And then the guys you're replacing those guys with just aren't as good. And like, it's marginal, but that's like three downgrades in your bottom six. And like, that's, that's important. Like the Mm -hmm. bottom six isn't playing all the minutes, but they're still playing. Trying to do quick math in my head. Like, I don't know, like 20 minutes. (laughs) Like they're probably yeah, still no, playing absolutely. 20 minutes of the game, so. No, definitely. More, I think you're or, definitely right. Or more than that it, when you include special teams. That. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> the whole chemistry of the team kind of got messed up, and they have been a little bit unlucky in this stretch. Like, For sure. Their shot metrics haven't been horrible, like, They've still been around the middle of the pack for shot share and expected goals, those kind of things. Um, But the team doesn't really have a lot of finish either. So chemistry's got to be going, right? And for sure, I do think like all those changes have been an issue. And then the other problem has been um, when something has worked for a small stretch, if it doesn't work for like a game bonus will break it up. It's like blender. Yeah. It's a problem. It really is. And that had me really frustrated. So hopefully tonight's game can kind of be a string uh, or can start a string of continuity with things that work. And yeah, it's hope. Hopefully it works out. Um, I don't expect them to like go on a run here. But we'll see. Definitely. Hopefully it's a sign of some better things to come. Like you said, some bad vibes, unluckiness, and all that good stuff has just kind of been a cumulative problem with this team. And hopefully a a win tonight will help them kind of get out of their own heads and maybe start to get a little bit luckier. So, um, Brian, thank you so much for joining me. Also, thank you to Robert for uh, producing this show for us. It's been fantastic. He's been on Zoom listening to us blabber this whole time as I'm obviously sitting in the back of my car right now. We had a moment before, such a Winnipeg moment. Some guy sees me in my car with the light on. He's like, oh my God, you're doing game over, right? And I was like, yeah, hello, sir. And it was it was so super fun. We love we love Winnipeg. <laughs> we also love um, acknowledging strange men in parking lots. But I am here um, in my vehicle doing this fantastic game um, and with a fantastic guest. And also thank you to... Um, Buad for doing our ad read at the beginning. I haven't seen that particular version of that recording, but I'm sure it's 10 times more exciting than any of the other recordings that you've seen of that ad read. Um, so thank you so much, everyone, for joining. Um, for those of you um, who are new here, obviously, please subscribe to SCPN Sports and like this stream. You can follow myself on Twitter at Liz Hood. You can follow Brian at Brian Johnson 18 And you can catch us there for all fun things Jets as we wrap up the season with the next few games. And then hopefully have some postseason content for you coming up in a couple of weeks. 
So thank you so much, everyone, for being here tonight. And we will see you all on Sunday when the Jets play an evening game against the New Jersey Devils. Have a good night, everybody. Take care. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.